How do you honor God? By doing everything to the glory of God. Not just not sinning, not just, okay, you don't steal from people, but by making good shoes. If we're going to talk about you were a new creation, that means everything has to change. Why does God not just, you know, bring people to heaven immediately after being saved? It's because there's stuff to do here. There's a point to all of this. And if we're Christians, we do it better, or at least in theory. But if we really apply the standard that's set in scripture, then we know that no one is good because no one is God. We serve a storyteller. We serve a, a God who has a perfect plan, a sovereign will for every moment of history. It's not about going into the world to make artists. It's about going into the world to make disciples. Hello, hello. We are here and live with a new season with your heroes and pals. I can't not say it like that. <laughs> Every time. We're here with the Christian artist. And uh, it feels weird not doing a cold open, but... Those are a thing of the past, so we're just going to jump right into this. As you can see, we're we have... We're not doing our normal intro, right? Uh, we will. We will. But real quick, I'm just going to oh, okay, preface. We, we will. I'm just going to preface. We've got new graphics. we got a guest. we got a new intro. I'm really excited about it. And yes, now we'll do the... <laughs> to the intro should have just started with that i don't know i'm really flustered i i'm just excited to finally i i've spent literally all day just prepping all of this stuff like getting make sure all of the overlays oh, nice. are ready it's <laughs> carly just nods yep he's been ignoring me all day <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lot we can't hear you Carl, carl's if you're trying to say something um but yeah this is the christian artist honoring christ through creativity my name is caleb my name is connor my name is Carly. And I am Chris. <laughs> there you go. I'm Mifuki on, on uh, Twitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am so pumped. I am so pumped to have Chris here <laughs> on the podcast because uh, we've been uh, interacting on Twitter and Twitch and whatnot for a while now. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to finally be able to have our first guest um in a while first of the like new lineup of guests that we're gonna have uh yeah and got uh and i'm honored to, to be here that's about to be, to be the first guest in your your new the <laughs> new revamp show it's exciting yeah yeah exciting for you exciting for everybody so yeah yeah notice how he said new revamp show instead of new season so you wouldn't start singing again <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's not. I mean, you know, it's it's a new season in quotation marks. We've never done seasons of this show, mm -hmm. but you know, it's just kind of. No, we we pretended to do seasons. Of I think show we've called time. them seasons, but it would. It's only. It only yeah. would be a season if I actually designated that's a, it's a season in the episode numbers in some way. But I never did, so it doesn't count. Um, but yeah, before we get into our topic, I just want to just learn a little bit more about the man, the legend, Chris. Who are you? What do you do? Why are you here? Where do you hail from? Where do you hail from? <laughs> Where do I hail from? Uh, <clears throat> well, I uh, hail from uh, Ontario, Canada. Uh, I don't remember how I first got and sort of I first met Caleb, uh, but I do remember like like a lot of his stuff. I think it was like through a bunch of networking of like you know I originally 
got into Reformed theology and stuff like that through James White and J- Jeff Durbin, and then just kind of following them on Twitter. And then eventually I kind of staked my way over to you. And I was like, oh man, I really wish I could find some people on Twitch who sort of share my beliefs and stuff now. And I remember <clears throat> Caleb had a post where he posted like his journey as a Christian. And I, my first reaction when I saw that was like, wow, are you me? It's like, <laughs> I had the exact same experience. Like, like I used to be, you know, dispensational and every, and Armenian and all that. And I went through the same transition. So, um, <clears throat> um, yeah. So what I usually do normally is I stream, um, at least usually I stream about three times a week. Uh, stream gaming. I do a lot of like just play a lot of RPGs, do you know, challenge runs and stuff like that. Uh, and then on Saturday nights, I usually do a theology stream. So where I um, do like a little bit of Twitter roundup, where I kind of like talk about some Twitter topics that came out in, in Twitter uh, on the news and culture and stuff like that. Kind of think, think, try to think about them biblically. And then right now, what I'm doing uh, on that theology stream is going through. The mission of God. I'm kind of reading it chapter by chapter and I kind of interjecting my thoughts as I go. Kind of like, I kind of wanted to give people this experience where like they can get a chance to study along with me kind of thing. And we can kind of learn together. Um, and I hope, I hope, hoping that would be interesting, but yeah. So I, what I always say is, um, you know, theology is my passion, but gaming is my hobby. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Nice. Nice. Same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair with Connor. Awesome. Well, I yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. And of course, we're going to talk about something that's not controversial at all. Um, we're going <laughs> to just get real light and easy on this episode. Um, no, we're going to talk about God's law. We're going to talk about the big, the bad, the ugly, theonomy. Yeah. Oh, no. I know. The word that is scary that shouldn't be scary, but it totally is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So what do we mean when we say theonomy? Well, I kind of gave it away. God's law, right? Theo, nomi, nomis. Um, God's law. The legal code, the standard, the holy standard of the creator of the universe, of the Christian God of the Bible. And I titled this episode The Christian and Theonomy because we've been doing kind of like a mini series of episodes on uh, basically looking at a an area of study in theology uh, through just coming at it as, as baseline as possible. What does scripture just flat out say? Um, how do we, how do we understand it um, in context um, without cultural biases, without um, tradition biases, without uh, personal biases, so on and so forth. And so we're going to talk about theonomy. We're going to talk about, as you know, as, as Chris uh, mentioned earlier, we, we've gone I've, I, me and Connor and Carly, um, and, and Chris as well, uh, as he said, have gone through a, a bit of a metamorphosis, more metamorphosis over the last several years. Um, and you know, as, as he said, we're, we were all kind of like on the, the, the more base North American evangelical, uh, through line, uh, the kind of the general stuff you get when you say you're a Christian um, mm-hmm. into full-blown reformed post-millennial theonomists. Uh, <laughs> and we've done that on this podcast as well. Yeah. Um, if, yeah. You, if you listen, I, I listened to the last, the first few episodes of the Christian artist 
um, as I was kind of skimming through some of the episodes to to find quotes for the intro. And I there was a lot of stuff that we said in those first episodes where I was like, no, mm-mm, mm-mm, no, I don't like that anymore. Um, and it's very oh, yeah. interesting. Like, I think I think the if I were to meet myself from five years ago, I don't think we would dislike each other, but I think that we would, I think my old self would think that I'm a little, I'm a little, I come on too strong. And I think you're a little <laughs> bit over the top. Just yeah. look, Christianity is real simple. You just, you know, you love people <laughs> and just be good and nice to everybody. And there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably I don't know if Connor's past self would say that or would say that to his future self because I think Connor's always been like this <laughs> at heart. Um, he... I've, I've always been. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> That'd be a tough one. I feel like young me would really respect old me. I feel like young me would look up to old me. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, man. Yeah, it's really cool. Young me would be like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've always yeah. wanted to be like this. I just never <laughs> right. had enough knowledge. To yeah, that's like what I was this. gonna say, right? You know what I mean? You, you, your attitude and your personality and the way you come at things has not changed at all. But as you continued to approach it in the same manner, you looked at scripture and kept finding that things. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would. Well, I would say I've definitely been more sanctified in my oh obviously of course yeah 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 i i mean in like a general like personality sense like approach sense like your Mm -hmm. general foundation for the way you operate hasn't changed much yeah i I think ultimately if you know if you're the kind of person who believes in like the solas or it's like soul scripture right yeah you're i think if if you keep on that path they're gonna inevitably become a little more reformed a little more Mm -hmm. you know aware of god's law right so like even when i'm back when i was kind of like look like don't come on too strong just everyone just get along kind of thing um because that's what christians do right they just get along with each other that's what really christianity is all about <laughs> um and you know but even then back then i was like well i believe that god's word is the ultimate it's it's it, it is our standard i just didn't know a lot about what it said so i didn't sort of put all the all the things together yeah. Yeah, and honestly, I think that's where a lot of this comes from, right? When we're talking about theonomy and we're talking about God's... We already played the intro, Mickey. You missed it. (laughs) She was writing a chat. Miss it? Hey, Mickey, get back to your homework. I can't switch apps. Get back to your homework. Um, I think that's where a lot of people are coming from, right? They they do believe in Sola Scriptura, right? They want to... um, have the Bible be their foundation for everything that they believe. Unfortunately, most Christians say that and then surround themselves with people and ideas that are more culturally influenced than scripturally influenced, right? And so they say, oh, this is what the Bible says, right? Without actually going to it with a stripped down view of, okay, let's actually take scripture and interpret it with other scripture and not insert my own you know, cultural lenses to understand these things. It's remarkable what you actually find when you do a diligent, um, honest study of scripture without, um, without bias or preconceived notions. Um, and, and, you know, we're, I make this sort of disclaimer every time we do an episode like this, but I want to make it again here. We're all operating under the assumption that 
theonomy in the reform doctrinal term, right? Um, I'm trying to think of another term for it. Um, it's more theologically charged. Uh, covenant theology? Yeah, covenant theology, but like <laughs> the, maybe... The doctrine of... I mean, specifically, I'm thinking like, you know, post-mill theonomy, God's law should be applied into our modern context. Like, I don't know, reconstructionist is, I guess, one field of that thought. Um, but basically, looking at it not just from the viewpoint of, oh yeah, we should follow the Ten Commandments, but God's law in its entirety is relevant, is good, and should be listened to. Um, and that's the foundation we're going to be having this conversation on. Um, so we're going to make statements like this is the way it is, right? Or this is what the Bible says. And when we say those things, it's because but we're... Caleb. For... <laughs> yeah. But Caleb, yeah. who would build the roads? <laughs> <laughs> what? Who would build the roads? And also, like, <laughs> educate our children or uh, who would... Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I've never... I, I literally have never heard of a, another way to teach another a child outside of uh, what we do now. So. Yeah. yeah. Public education, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. You know, did you know that they had public schools back in back in Jesus' time? Yeah. And mm -hmm. also, all throughout the Reformers' age, yeah. and the Puritans, they loved homes. They loved uh, <laughs> Yep. Yep. They all sent their, their kids yeah. to... Um, you know, to the surrounding nations, they send to, them to, Caesar. to Caesar. Yeah, they send them to the Romans, right? To, you know, yeah, definitely. <laughs> anyway, uh, when we make statements like that, but, when but we talk about... the Romans about, still build the roads. <laughs> that is true. That is fair. The Romans did build the roads. Um, on stolen money. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> when we make statements like that, when we're taking a hard line stance of this is theonomy, this is um, God's law, this is how we should view God's law in our modern, you know, uh, reform context. We make those statements because we're firmly convinced by scripture of these things. Not that we're just, mm -hmm. you know, willy-nilly making these opinionated statements. Yeah, um, we're, we're not arrogant jerks saying this is the way that it is and you can't have a, a different opinion. Um, yeah, and well, but and, we are going to say... Go ahead. Go I was going to say, um, <clears throat> and, and it's not our own opinions, right? That's the thing, is we mm -hmm. believe in solar scripture, so we're going to lean in on that and be like, okay, so if we believe that, what does God want us to do, right? How now shall we live? Um, I had a lot of conversations with people. And again, because I've kind of come along in the reform journey and the theonomy, theonomy journey, um, not everyone has come along beside me. Um, you know, I still attend a, a non-denominational church technically. Um, and even my work, I work at uh, a, a Christian ministry, a TV ministry. Um, and we have a very wide variety of like, sort of variants and beliefs. Um, but whenever I've, I've asked someone about, like, how should we be doing things in culture? Um, they'll often like, will say, well, I think that they should be, we should be doing this. And I'm like, okay, okay. Where's your basis for that coming from? Mm -hmm. And they really, they usually don't know because they're mm -hmm. to quote one of the people that I speak to recently, you can't let legislate morality. So you can't make a law that's Christian in a non-Christian country. Which I think we can see the flaws with that. <clears throat> um, but it's just funny how um, ostensibly very Christian, very devout 
people that I, I know of um, just have not thought at all about this topic and about anything related to to politics or economics or um, taxation, immigration, war, um, all of these things um, have not been thought about. And I think for a lot of different reasons, a lot of it is a cultural sort of idea, uh, the privatization of Christianity, the view that um, we've taken the idea that Christianity is this um, this um, in a way it's a very Armenian where it's like, you know, what we do, we're going to present, present people the, the lowest common denominator, very as simple as, as, as approachable as possible kind of Christianity because we want people to be saved. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to do that. And then that's, that's Christianity. And that was not the Christianity that the reformers and the Puritans were thinking of. Um, I have a few quotes from, from them, but like, the, the, the point is, is that, um, and people fight, fight me on this when I talk about this, about how Arminianism has actually affected the church very negatively. Um, and by, by Arminianism, you don't mean people from the country of Armenia. You mean people yes. who espouse yeah. yes, the, the doctrine the of Arminianism. The, the theological yeah. Uh, yeah. persuasion. <laughs> um, yeah, but, they, but they'll, they'll fight me on this and they'll say like, I don't know, I think you're, you're making too much of, of I think you're, you're becoming a bit of a hyper-Calvinist mm -hmm. now. It's like, no, no. <laughs> Think theologically now, if you believe that the goal, the end goal is to persuade someone to become a Christian, and you can persuade them, they're able to be persuaded, then present them with this really nice gospel package that they will that they will intrinsically be like, I want that thing. But we know that people are inherently evil, that they, that they have the sin natures, that they will not desire the gospel um, in and of themselves. And so uh, as a result, a lot of the Armenianism has affected our view of both the gospel, but also from there, how the gospel has affected our culture. Yeah. We've privatized Christianity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when we're talking about theonomy. What, right, as as Chris said, like I think we just did. <laughs> no, no, I know. I, I'm just like kind of get myself again now. <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to give us a a jumping off point into a, a deeper conversation about it um right if we're yeah. talking about theonomy and we're talking about okay what does scripture say right we want that to be our foundation well what does scripture say right what is the law of god what is the law of god is it just and and what parts of it are still relevant because i i hear all the time that people are like oh and, you know law is just something that you we used to have to worry about and now we're with grace you know we have we're under grace and not law um you know what how do we deal with, with that um idea is that biblical where do we get that from what is the law Don't give me that old testament crap <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's the old testament yeah yeah well uh well i would say that um the, and I think I'm, I'm going to mirror uh, Rush Juni here mm -hmm. when he says, um, I have his quote here. Um, the response to grace is keeping the law. Yeah, mm, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why we constantly compartmentalize these things. Um, and I, again, I guess we do it because it's just, it's just more comfortable for us. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't want to be the, the Paul who 
says, you know, cut, I wish that they cut themselves off of the circumcision party. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to be Jesus. We don't, we don't want to be the, the Jesus who says, "What you whitewash tombs, you brood of yeah. vipers. We want to be only partly Jesus is our example. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but the, the thing I've heard very often about theonomy is that um, what, what are you, what, what are you saying? You're saying like all the, all the law is relevant. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it may not, obviously not um, all in all the details, but in the general equity of it, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the principles of it. Um, so, and, and even and some of the things that are fulfilled in Christ are, they're still actually relevant. So for example, I've heard people say, well, I mean, there's no priests anymore because Jesus fulfilled, fulfilled the, 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 the priesthood. We still have a high priest. Mm-hmm. It's just the one that will never mm-hmm. die. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We had, we went, we went, we... Sorry, you were, sorry, you were saying Caleb? I wasn't, I wasn't saying anything. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, go ahead. Um, so, um, so the, the, there's, there's that. It's just, it's the belief that we can, we can be so grace focused that we lose the sight of the law. Yeah. Um, and we think that in, in ignoring of the law, we can become more spiritual. And in a way, this is what, what Rush Juni argues. He argues that um, it's polytheistic. That it's it's you're it's a form of polytheism because you're saying that, well, the God for the Jews is different for, from from the God of the of the Gentiles. Exactly. Yeah. It's a different set of standards for that for two, two different kinds of people. Um, and so he he argues that it's either evolutionary, like God evolves and becomes better. Gets, he gets better. He 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 figures out that oh, people don't can't actually follow the law. So I, I need to intervene now or it's polytheistic or both is what he argues. Yeah. And obviously we don't, you know, as, as Christians trying to be consistent to scripture, the confessions, church history, we know that's mm-hmm. obviously not the case, right? You know, God never changes and there's only one God. And so what is, what are we left with? Well, we're left with the fact that the law has to be the unchanging holy standard of the God of uh, the universe, right? And so that means all men, and, and scripture is clear about this too, right? All men are going to be judged by that law. Um, I think it's just, I don't know, it's it's funny to me how people will disregard the law and then we wonder, you know, I, I wonder then, okay, well, what law are the people being judged by at the end of history? Like, why why are we disregarding the law as you know here in this sphere over here but then once it gets to the end of history and an account has to be given we're like uh yes of course yeah the law matters and you know some people will, will try to divide the law and be like well it's just the 10 commandments um right uh, but the 10 commandments that's we, we, all of them like you've just the 10 commandments encompass all of the law and the prophets yeah. right right go ahead right go ahead. i mean on, on top of that, I mean, people will like split it into three different categories, right? They'll be like civil, um, ceremonial, uh, ceremonial, and then moral law. And but there's there's no distinction in scripture to pick two of those mm-hmm. and keep them and to ditch the other one. 
um, there's there's all sorts there, of laws no that are different from each other and are fulfilled right. in different ways by Christ. But exactly. there isn't an arbitrary distinction where it's like, ah, we have to pay attention to this this law, and we don't get to, don't right. have to pay attention to this. Right. Law. The, the, well, they aren't put into categories. It's not like, well, these are the civil laws; these will be done away with eventually. Or Jesus, is like, I did away with this category of the law. Like you, it's it's not it's not that simple. And I think that a lot of people think it is this because that's how it, it's like been explained so many times. That we split it into these three categories, and then we ditch that one. And that's how we get what laws we follow. And it's like, well, uh, um, and, and I mean, going back to what Mufuki said earlier, um, can I call you that? Do you want me to call you Chris? I don't really. <laughs> yeah, know. no, no, call me whichever. I mean, that's that's my name. I, that's that's my name. That's been my name for like decades. So. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. Perfect. Um, well, I'm it's just like, fun to um, say too. So. It is, yeah. If if we were ever going to follow the the principles of the law, I mean, it's it's demonstrated for us with Paul in the New Testament. Is he he uses the the principle of don't muzzle the ox while yep. it's treading out the grain, and it, it it keeps the continuity of the law from Old Testament to New Testament. But it's it's not. But he's not saying this is why you don't muzzle your ox. That's that's. Obviously, a, a like an application like of a, that, an app, yeah, it's an application of that. But but um, he uses it in um, context of church leadership, and if, if someone is is coming to you and and and, and like pastoring you as a church, um, like allow them to take care of their own family. Yeah, feed them, um, or allow them to take a wife. <laughs> is that what he's? He was he was saying basically it was like like feed them, like give them support, like okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't don't let them because because basically the idea, right, of course, is you wouldn't, you know, muzzle the ox when it's supposed to do its job. So, you know, right. don't don't um, proverbially muzzle a pastor when he's trying to do his job and he needs sustenance. Right. He needs support. He needs shelter and food. Right. And yeah. So, yeah. So that's, um, that's a perfect example then of of of, of case law. Mm-hmm. You know, much of the, mm-hmm. the Old Testament is case law yep. and general equity. Right. So. And Paul understood that because Paul himself, he he is a, he admits he's a, he's a, a Jew of Jews. You know, he's he's he understands the law very well. And mm-hmm. so he talked about he uses examples from the law to say, well, this is why we do these things. So see, he, mm-hmm. he so I guess if I want to put it this way, Paul was a theonomist, you know, in, <laughs> in a in a real way because mm-hmm. he was say, he was saying, well, look at the, what has this in the Old Testament. Yeah, you know. Um, the, if you if you think I'm I'm arguing for hey let's just forget about that, let me just go ahead and cite that as my reasoning for why you should do this right or right. Um, when Jesus cited you know the creation mandate for why you know father I mean a wife a nation be his father and mother joined to his wife and two shall become one flesh right the, the, their Bible was the Old Testament mm-hmm. so. We we make this modern distinction between the two um, that that <clears throat> that blank white page between the old and new testaments right is um, <laughs> causing tr- trouble. Um, but again, I think if I, I should at this point sort of respond to like a, a critique that's common, right? Is like, well, are you saying we should like what one for one put over, put all of the old testament laws in the new testament context or into a new testament or modern context? And I would say no. I, th- I think many theonomists would say also say no because mm-hmm. we don't live in a, in a the theocracy 
where Israel has bound themselves to God and they swore an oath to, to him. Um, that's actually one of the, com- I actually looked up like common critiques about theonomy uh, before we started. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the critiques that, that I found most commonly was like, um, like just, it was just load. I could read it. Um, <clears throat> so this, uh, this is from the um, AR, ARA, ARPA Canada. So basically it's the association for, uh, uh, for reformed political action. So yeah. it's the, it's <laughs> cool. like we have reform, reform people who also wanted to change culture also yeah. we're against the economy. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. Uh, but one of their critiques here is, um, <laughs> the, uh, the only fails to recognize the difference between the state of Israel and civil society today. Uh, Newtson states that we must recognize that there is not only a cultural difference between Israel and America and America. Uh, there is also a difference in their respective places in redemptive history. Um, so basically their, their concern is like uh, manifest destiny, like the idea that if you attack America, you attack God, right? God's people, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think we would argue that we're not arguing that America is a Christian no. nation. Are, are we? <laughs> nope. Nope. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I wonder how useful that that critique is. We're not arguing that. I, yeah, I mean, so I mean, I think I could see one, you know, point of contact there where it's. I, I think we do believe as theonomists, you know, people trying to take God's, God's law seriously. And, you know, people who are, uh, you know, post-mill, we believe that all of the nations are in covenant with God, right? Like, ultimately, right? They they are responsible to God to be just, right? To be, uh, to follow the law. Um, but that doesn't mean that they are in the same position as theocratic Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. And, and so as long as you understand the context, the cultural differences, that we can still apply God's law. Yeah, well, I, I liken it to, um, I always emphasize this whenever I talk to people about God in general. It's like, it's not that Christianity is this is this private thing that you do on Sundays. It's that this is God's world and he can do what he wants with it. And the, 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 when you, refuse to obey him there are consequences for that yeah so like like what you said caleb about um like um there is covenant with all the nations in that sense that's true because it the way god set up the world is is, is that if you obey you'll be blessed if you disobey you'll you will be cursed yeah and so in that sense there is a, a, a covenant with the whole world and it's a, to the degree I think um, David Chilton puts it well in his in his writings. Um, if anyone hasn't read it, um, uh, "Productive Christians in an Age of Guilt Manipulators." It's on my list. I've been meaning to. Yeah, it's, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It, I I wish I get more people to read it because it just will radically change your. It's so full of scripture and biblical reasoning for like why all these economic ideas and all of these th- things are good ideas. And he 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 argues it. I like the way he puts it. He says like. Um, I don't have it up right now, but he says something like um, the reason why certain systems of governance 
and certain um, economic systems and, and so forth, education systems, mm-hmm. um, won't work is because God won't, won't let them work. <laughs> God won't, yeah. won't make them, won't let them work, no matter how yeah. hard you try. Because if it's, if it's not if it's not morally right, it will not work. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, yeah. So, and, and you know, there's just certain cause and effect rules of God's universe, um, specifically mm-hmm. with economic systems that just make some economic systems just always fail it just doesn't work right exactly there's, there's an intrinsic fail state um yeah. with not unbiblical laws because i think what we, need, what we need to do is we need to and this is partially because of poor education in terms of public schooling and all that mm-hmm. is we've lost the idea that like economy and all these things are as grounded and and sensible as two plus two equals four, that gravity pulls you down. Like it is an essential element of God's creation. You know, the law of supply and demand, God yeah. made that. Yeah. And so right. when we right. try to buck against that, we just it just fails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like trying was, to jump off a cliff and flap your arms and think you're yeah. gonna fly. <laughs> yeah. I was I was literally about to make that exact <laughs> reverence and in, into like it's it's like that. Like that's how God made the world. Let's go talk about gravity. And then you guys both literally <laughs> And you know, we're talking about no, God's no, law, so, so, cool, so theft is wrong. So we, we got to point that out. So, yeah. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> what were you uh, going to say, Carl? So and another point that I wanted to bring up tonight was uh, in the chapter about uh, Ronald Sire's book about an overpopulation. He talks, he gives some, an example about, um, in 1972, uh, Mrs. Gandhi and her, her party um, put a, like a limitation on how much um, um, how, mu- how much uh, how many acres an adult male could own from 30 irrigated acres to 18. And I was struck by something. I realized that like that truly is a form of idolatry. Because she she's saying she she's decreeing on from on high, the God Queen. No man is allowed to own more than eighteen acres. God determines that. Who are you to determine that? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. th- there's just it's we have dir- just direct scriptural to- references to show us <laughs> that God determines the wealth of it of people and the prosperity mm-hmm. they have. Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so we actually see that the government truly is a a grabbing for godhood Mm -hmm. because we we see that, well, the actual way is that is God determines the, you know, the, uh, um, our, where we're born, our borders, uh, the length of the duration of our lives. Um, but the government comes along and they say, well, no, 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 we, we decree that it's this way, that everyone has to have this much money or has to have this, this, this much, land and that is is a straight up god uh, grab for for godhood mm-hmm. yeah and, and ultimately i think that's what we're talking about right ultimately that's what we're talking about when we're talking about theonomy um we're talking about whose law are you going to follow whose law what what is the holy standard for all of humanity what are we supposed to look to when we want to know how we live in our personal lives, how we live in our family, how we live in our churches, and how we live as a society, all four of those spheres, God has something to directly say 
about in his law. And if we ignore any of those spheres, some other god is going to take over that sphere. Some other god is going to say, my laws are king in that sphere. And that is what we've seen happen with the government, the church, the family, and the individual time and time again. As each sphere abdicates its responsibility to uphold God's law as the governing system above that sphere of life, then we see someone else step in and and put their law as as king. Um, and that's really what we're talking about. I know, I know people hate to boil it down to that, but I think when you really look at scripture, that is the actual question. There's obviously a conversation about what specifically that means, right? How we interpret case law, how we look at what laws are directly applicable to certain situations. But we have to be able to agree as Christians, God's law is good. We should follow it. And all the spheres of life are bound to God's law. If we can agree on that, we'll be great. We can have a conversation then about, you know, how that shakes out. How it all works out, right? Like, build a roof a fence around the roof of your house yeah how that works out exactly do, do we have to build a roof have, have things around the roof of our house our houses uh well we'll we see we'll see about that yeah but, but it bothers me is that so many christians they want to have the conversation yeah they're just like how dare you bring up god's law christian to me being a christian <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, you know you remind me of something caleb like, um you know, I was talking to, and this has been hard because, again, I have worked with a lot of people. My church is non-denominational, right? So we have a lot of different views and and stuff. Thankfully, I'm really thankful. I was just spoke to my pastor today, and I was like, you know, I have my mask, so I have, I have <laughs> my precautions are are in order. But we've nobody panic, nobody panic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, sure you sure you receive information from the government, right? And it's like, okay, fine. Um, but I want to express to my pastor, but we need to decide on, as our as our own body, as our own body of governance, what we're going to do, and for our current context. And I'm really thankful that he was like, you know what? Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I'm down with your sovereignty. He actually said, I'm quoting quoting him now. Um, I'm about nine like I'm about ninety percent where Jeff Jeff Durbin is going, and I'm like, okay, that's that's good then. That's a good, good. That's a good place. <laughs> um, he's like, it, I, just he in terms of church bit, governance, sometimes. Sorry, Connor, what? Just in terms of church governance, or uh, in terms of like, yeah, the idea of like, like of the, the church needs to have its own authority mm. and okay, different yeah. from the government and stuff, right? Um, so that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, it being a non-denominational church, um, he's kind of have to have to like navigate that with the mm. congregation, right? Um, so right. I yeah. bl- bless him for that. But um, <clears throat> I was talking to you know some a lot of different Christians around me. And I'm sure you guys have heard about this, where um, people like in New York State and a couple other states, they're like they're letting violent criminals go. Mm. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, go ahead. Pa- Pastor Gabe Hughes, Pastor Gabe Hughes tweeted, and he said, Mickey and I were talking about this literally just today, even. Um, Pastor Gabe Hughes um, like tweeted and was like like a direct quote from like a politician or like a, a government official. Um, I don't know if it was in Kansas or where it was exactly, but they were even saying we're not going to prosecute people for like Pennsylvania theft 
or oh, that's Pennsylvania. Okay, yeah. yep. Okay, there you go. So that answers that question. But we're just not going to prosecute people for drugs, for theft, for auto theft. Like what? <laughs> like like literally, you can steal a car and get away with it right now in Pennsylvania. Yeah, boy, what's that's quite the incentive um, to <laughs> to do those things. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't want to get the we don't want to get violent criminals sick because we're trying to rehabilitate them. And our primary goal in, in, in jails and prisons is to rehabilitate them, not to punish them and not as deterrence for this, for the, for the, right. and not to reconcile them back to the people they harmed. Yeah. <laughs> All three of so those like, things like, are the biblical way to, to do it. Yeah. So like, like, like so many things we have it backwards, right? Where our, mm-hmm. our, our, our society and culture says, well, we should be about deterrent or, um, um, rehabilitation first, and then, and then maybe reconciliation, and then maybe um, deterrence for for the the community, and then at, at the end of all of it, maybe we'll do pu- uh, like punitive actions. And it's like that's the exact opposite though of, of God's law. It's right. puni- like the laws are for are punitive; they're punishments. Um, but anyway, I was talking to somebody about like this law where it was like, yeah, people are letting, letting like, violent criminals go because they're afraid of catching the, the woo flu um, and the, the Rona. <laughs> the and, Rona. Um, but, and, and then meanwhile, pastors are getting uh, arrested for holding church services while also holding to like social distancing rules and all this kind of stuff. They're trying to, to be respectful of the government while still uh, wanting to have a church service, you know, regardless of, of your views on each individual pastor who's been arrested so far, mm-hmm. um, the principle is like they're having church and that's why they're arrested. Not, not because of bad theology. Um, so right, the they're arrested, not arrested and then, like there's a couple theology. of stories recently about the, <clears throat> the, um, uh, what was it now? The, the people in front of the abortion clinics, yeah, doing yeah. social distancing I've thing and all that, that. and they're, they're like, "Hey, you have to get out of here because you're breaking the rules." And meanwhile, there's abortions going on in there. Yeah, that's yeah. not breaking the rules, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I told, I said, I said all of this, and and I'm, I'm like, the, the Christians in my life, they're saying like, "That's terrible. That, that's so like objectively, demonstrably evil." Mm-hmm. And I go, "I agree. Why do you think that? By what, what should, standard? How, how should this yeah. go?" Yeah. And and by, by what standard should this go? And they, and they usually can't answer me. Yeah. They're usually just like, mm-hmm. well, I think it should go this way. Okay, that's your opinion. Yeah. But where's your standard? Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. I think I think mm-hmm. more than anything, just to kind of like, and if anybody's still listening to this and they're not a theonomist, <laughs> um, just to kind of just to kind of explain the mindset for people. So, like, if you're listening to this and you're not a theonomist, like, like, what you don't want to have is an opinion about God's law or think that this is the way that things should go according to your own opinion or your own bias or how you were raised or what your pastor said or what your parents said, anything like that. It has to go back to what does the Bible say? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't go back to what does the Bible say, then you need to sit down and read your Bible and figure that out. Because if, if not, you're making moral claims outside of God's word, and that is immoral. Mm-hmm. Yep. Excellently phrased. 
making moral claims outside of God's law is immoral. Yeah. Got to tweet that. <laughs> and of course, so something to that extent. Oh, sorry, Caleb, you were to say something? No, I was just again remarking okay. on that was a good quote. Yeah. Um, I don't want. Sorry, I don't want to hog the conversation or anything. It's just like mm-hmm. I'm prepared for this for like oh, weeks. No. Yeah, I know. Things in my brain right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 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 no. We talk all the time on here. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Um, but like, I also have been like dealing with some other things so again economic things right yeah. that um people have been thinking people have been thinking about and, I, and honestly god is really using this for our good we know this right that for our mm-hmm. good for his for his glory for the creation of his kingdom um but um there's a lot of christians who are challenged by a lot of these things and they don't know how to respond to them so like for yeah. example I was speaking to someone recently who was like so appalled at the idea of price gouging and the idea of like, well, how dare another person charge whatever the amount that they want for their products. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, like I understand that you don't like that toilet paper is $20 a a roll or whatever, but you're going to have to give me, examples from the bible or principles from the bible like okay there's not gonna be hand sanitizer in the bible but there's gonna be principles there <laughs> right yeah 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 like so the same people who are like how dare this person uh, 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 sell at this 20 dollars roll of toilet paper oh by the way you know what would be a really good idea um if we just like print lots of money <laughs> print lots of it that way everyone will have money except i can point to the bible and say no that is wrong because you don't, yeah. you shouldn't add dross to your scales. Yep. <laughs> there's there's so, direct scripture about that. It's yeah. direct scripture, right? It's, that's the that's the, the general principle. It's like, and then we go, we we have a very rigid view of these laws, and we go. Um, this is an example I always give. We talk about talking about the law. People are like, do we ever read the law in, um, in Leviticus where it says, um, if your neighbor has an ox or donkey that falls into into a ditch, you'll help him out, help him with the donkey or ox, and help him bring it out of the ditch. If we go to that law and say, "Well, we don't have donkeys or oxen now," so this law's pointless. <laughs> yeah, we don't right. do that. We, it, every Christian I've ever spoken to, when I, I tell I ask them about that law, they say, "Well, the principle is that you do this, and you know, you help your neighbor, even though it's inconvenient to you, and all this." But then. Just a few verses later, there's things about about you know sexual proclivities or about um, the building the fence around your house or the one about um, not pruning your your field to the very edges and leaving some for the poor of your land. Mm-hmm. And I just look, look at that and they go, "Oh, that's that's pointless." Yeah, there's nothing for it's, us there. Yeah, right. It's not pointless because according to your cultural um bias or the way that you were raised says so it's it's pointless whether or not the bible says so and like, like that it comes directly back to what i was saying earlier like if if it's not rooted in scripture then you have no basis and we so easily go to those laws even I mean, go back to like the original like conversation about like the categories of laws we don't just come to a category of laws and say no we don't we don't like that or that's we don't like that's pointless based on what like 
Like, mm-hmm. where do you get that idea from? And like, well-meaning pastors and well-meaning Christians were, are going to say, you know, Old Testament laws, like, that talk about whatever, like, those don't matter. And, and they think that they're doing people a service, but they have no reason for why they think that besides, well, it'd be really complicated to try to figure this out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's unfortunately a lot of it, right? Is mm-hmm. we're theologically lazy. Um, yeah. And we would much rather settle for the answers that have been fed to us by the culture around us and what we feel more comfortable with than actually do the work and look at scripture on our own. And I, and I say well-meaning Christians mm-hmm. like because I believe that a lot of like pastors and stuff like that would would stay away from that be, because they're like, we don't want people to be tied down realistically to these things. They don't understand these things. They're not right. going to kind of understand these things. But, but like that's a part of our job as Christians is to study God's mm-hmm. word, to love God's law. Like how many times in the Bible does it say to love God's law, to know God's law, to study God's law? Psalm 119 is an entire chapter. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. <laughs> right. So literally just just every single sentence is, please love God's law. Like you yeah. are commanded to Meditate love on God's, God's law. law day and night. Yeah. yeah. Like just over and over and over. And, and I think so, this is this is what I think comes back to. So I've been reading um, uh, God's Law Made Easy by Kenneth Gentry. And I've, I've done a lot of study on theonomy in the past, but I really wanted to just kind of get Ken Gentry's like straight up like thorough take on going through verse by verse the way he does things and like let's talk about the god's law let's look at all the verses that talk about god's law let's make a case for theonomy and what's been really cool looking at this is it how clear it is that when scripture is talking about the law it doesn't mean some nebulous concept of good it means the law it means Mm -hmm. the law and the prophets it means scripture Ultimately, that's what it means. It means God's revealed standard. That standard encompasses page one to page thousand whatever of your Bible, right? (laughs) Um, Genesis Revelation, everything in there that makes any sort of statement about morals, right? Anything where it's God revealing his will morally for how we should live as humans in any sphere of life, we have to take every single one of those things into account when we talk about the law. When scripture mentions the law, that's what it's talking about. And so when we say meditate on meditate on God's law day and night, we don't mean look at the verse that says uh, love one another over and over and over again and just be like, oh, that's all we have to do. That's the law for Christians now, right? No. But what is love? What yeah. does it mean? <laughs> exactly, yeah. right? And, and you that, need the rest yeah. of the book to define it. Exactly. <laughs> and that's actually one of the things that I had, I had bookmarked in here. Um, Right, love is defined by God's law, um, mm-hmm. and and so when we think about what are we supposed to do as Christians, how are we supposed to live, if we try to make any other standard but the entirety of the breadth of God's revealed holy standard and His Word, then we are going to fall short somewhere, even if we have a blessed conscience given to us by by God that you know it's pricked when bad things happen and we do bad things, whatever. And maybe we get it right sometimes unless we have an external standard by which to um, measure our behavior, we're going to mess up. We're going to unknowingly, you know, fail to live up to God's law. It doesn't mean we can be perfect if we do know God's law. Obviously, it's the Jews were very, you know, it's very clear, you know, the whole Jewish race, <laughs> they, they failed to do that. Um, but if we're trying to, you know, 
as it says in John 13, 35, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If we want to be able to love one another, we have to know what God's law says because that's how you love people. If you don't know what God's law says, you're going to be unloving. And I and that's the way to get people's attention with this right now, right? Because everyone <laughs> yeah. wants to be loving. Everyone wants to love people. We just want to love people. How do you love people? It's not by following whatever you feel is loving. Mm -hmm. It's by following what God in his word has objectively revealed. This is love. Jesus said, all, you know, this, these sum up all the law and the prophets. Love God, love neighbor. That works two ways, so right? Basically, that, that means you can sum up the law in the statements, love God and love neighbor. But it also works the other way. How do you love God? How do you love neighbor? you look at the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. So basically what you're saying is follow your heart. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yes. And also to make sure that when you interpret scripture, that you just sit under a tree, which is you and your Bible. And you just kind of, you know, you kind of do with the, with the, mess the message Bible guy did, which is kind of make it up on the spot and be like, I feel like this is what this, this speaks to me. Um, right. Right. He gave birth to a sin baby. <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I love There's some it. Weird stuff. I in mean, it. Um, yeah. but yeah, absolutely. And like it's it's so weird how you'll have the Christians be like they, they'll interpret Jesus' words as if he said, I've not come to abolish the law, but to abolish the law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I I am, I am, um, what's the word? Um, I am understanding of people around me who um, are kind of abrasive about this whole topic because they never thought about it and they've been always been told, well, yeah. we don't want to be a graceless society. We, wanna, we don't want a, 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 law, a, a society that is just about you know, the law for salvation yeah and anything is like that's a that's a that's a not as a straw man though as yeah. we know mm -hmm. not about the law for salvation it's about as most of you said the the, the result of of grace is yep. following the law yep yeah and and, on, and that's what most of the verses as i was reading through this this book that's what gentry is pointing out most of the verses that people point to to say see the law is bad right the law is bad we shouldn't we don't need to follow the law anymore most of those verses are referring to talking about legalism and trying to use the law as a means unto salvation which is obviously not right and of course you're not going to fail at that of course we don't want to do that but those that's what those verses are saying not that the law itself is bad over and over again paul jesus the rest of the apostles they can consistently say the law is good we want to establish the law right mm -hmm. um one of the the things just to go back to your point about um abolish the law you don't want to abolish the law, but abolish the law, um, right? So the word there, he, as Gentry kind of like breaks down that whole passage, he points out, right? So the word abolish there um, can, all, you know, a more uh, amplified Bible definition, right? Is dismantle, abrogate, dispose of thoroughly, right? So that's the thing that mm -hmm. we are not doing. Yeah. Um, and he makes it like the way the conjunction but here is used, right? You know, I do not come to abolish but to fulfill is known as basically like a very, very strong, like I'm going to make a very sharp contrast here, right? In, in, in the mm -hmm. way this is worded. 
I did not come to abolish, but rather the exact opposite. And then, right, to fulfill. Now, if the word fulfill here means to bring to its proper end, which is one definition of the word fulfill, then certainly that then what people are meaning by this passage, you know, that's what it means. But the way that it's worded, right, I did not come to abolish it, but mm -hmm. to fulfill it. It's so stark a contrast that it cannot mean bring to its proper end because then it would be abolishing it ultimately, mm -hmm. right? And so it has to be some other meaning. So what does it mean, right? To fill, to fill up, to make full, to fill up to the full measure of, right? Like those sorts of meanings, to bring to its fullest state, not to do away with in any sense because mm -hmm. that's what Jesus is particularly saying very explicitly. I did not come to do this. Don't even let it enter your mind that this is a possibility. So, yeah. Right, exactly. Um, and again, I feel like we wish it to be this caveat because people are very quick to, yeah. especially in our society these days, we're very quick to be like, like, um, you know, Hitler was a, was a, 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 some nice paintings. Are you saying you love, you love, love Hitler? It's like that's that's how we always think <laughs> our side. We, we 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 swing wildly from one side to side. We're not saying that we one for one apply all of the things in the Old Testament, like the unclean laws of uncleanness and stuff like that, the unclean foods, right? Um, we we take all the scripture and we apply it, right? But imagine this. I just thought of this. Imagine if you were the kind of person who would say, "Well, you know, God, all the laws that away with, and now we have we have Jesus." Okay, so let's take that that ox and donkey illustration, uh, the case law there. All the laws done away with. So, if there was, if your neighbor did have an ox or donkey that fell into a ditch, now you shouldn't help them. Yeah, because <laughs> exactly. the law is abolished right. or the law is fulfilled. Yep. Like I, don't, I just don't don't think people think through what they actually are implying by saying mm -hmm. these are no longer relevant. Because if you actually study them, if you just actually study them instead of assuming the bogeyman of the law right like we're just like oh you want to kill children for disobeying their parents how you're a monster hey, right hey, johnny hey, will right, take out the trash and so like you're gonna right. stone him so, sorry go ahead Connor. right and then and then and then pay rapists when they when they rape people <laughs> right yeah give like, them give like, them what are the object of their yeah and you you if you take the the caricature of these laws then of course you're going to come to the conclusion that it's bad. And that's what secularists do. But we're mm -hmm. Christians. We know that God is good and that he wouldn't make bad laws. And so these have to be at the very, very least in some way good, in some way helpful. Um, you know, at the very least for the people who live then. But the way that Christians tend to paint them is like, oh, yeah, it was bad and we got a better system now. We don't have to worry about that stuff, right? God was so strict back then, but now we're free. Now we have liberty. But yeah, if you look exactly. at the laws, if you actually study the laws, they're so good. They are they're full of love and grace and kindness for the victim, for the perpetrator of the crime in so many cases, for everyone involved, for this for the community, they they take everyone's best interests into account. Every single time mm -hmm. one of these laws is, is given, um, you know, God is a good God and he gives good laws. And, you know, the pagan nations around Israel, I don't remember the passage for this, but I remember at one point 
um, the pagan nations around Israel are told to say, are, are said to say, um, you know, what 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 nation has a god so near to them that they would have mm-hmm. laws as good as these? That was what the pagan nations around Israel was saying because their law system was so good. It was so equitable to the people. What happened? What happened to us viewing God consistently and and knowing that he is a good God who gives good gifts to his children? And he gave the law to Israel. It has to be good in some capacity. So we have to understand that rightly and, and, and do the work to dig into it and find those you know, to find the equity there, how we can apply it to our own context. No, don't, 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 don't you see, uh, you see, because God fed, the, fed rebellious people for 40 years in the de- in desert by, with manna from heaven, and then led them by a cloud, cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And he gave them the law by which they could understand if they do these things, they will live in the long and prosper in the land. What a terrible thing for a god to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I was, I was going to say, um, like, I've had conversations with unbelievers about God's law. I've had conversations with unbelievers about, um, like, taxation. I've had conversations with believers about the death penalty and those types of things. And uh, even just even just at work one day, I brought up the honor. And I was like, like, people were like, I, I don't know, somebody made some sort of comment insulting america and i laughed at it or something like that and they were like oh you're not a nationalist i'm like I'm a christian you know and like that was basically like the, the vibe they would receive from me is like oh well he loves america he's a christian and i'm like <laughs> it's like guys no nah, fam but um like we got we got talking and they were like well what are you are you public and democrat and i'm like i'm a theonomist and uh, they were like well, we don't know what that means and i was basically like well to sum it up it's you know god's law is what we should base all our laws upon like we mm-hmm. should we should obey god's law rather than our own and um somebody came up and asked me he was like well, what about like stoning and like like you stone rapists and those types of things and and i was like well no we don't we wouldn't use form of stoning today that would be so inhumane because we have better means by which to um to take people's lives and i like explained to him like the um like capital punishment and like the necessity for it um but also like we wouldn't use stones we would use like a firing range and there would be um one blank in in the 10 guns or, or there would be there'd be 10 guns nine bullets one blank so everybody could believe they didn't shoot the guy and um like explaining that it would be a, a community effort to kill the person so that the one person wouldn't have the moral um, and psychological damage of being like, I killed a human being made in God's image. Like I explained that to him and, and he was like, that's like really good. And I was like, and I was like, well, I don't know why you think that's good. Most Christians don't think that's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's just so, I mean, and I can think of like, like a, a different coworker that I had that was very angry when a friend of mine were talking about capital punishment and, and like how good it was. And I'm just, it's, it's so fascinating to, to like see real life examples of what you were talking about, Caleb, of like nations in the old Testament, looking at Israel and being mm-hmm. like, their laws are so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you hear and Israel Christians not who, seeing that themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
you know, they're they're complaining and oh, we're gonna die out here. And so we're just you seeing know, that exact same. Yeah. We're seeing that exact yeah. same thing played out again in our context. Yeah, yeah, very true. <clears throat> it's, just, it's just very fascinating how much people will actually love God's law, though. But mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Um, and and uh, Connor, would you argue um, that that execution should be uh, a publicly witnessed event as well? Uh, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense to me too. Um, yeah. Because God says, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, you, you do capital punishment is to, you know, is if to say, well, you, your crime is so bad, I want to meet this person right now. I want it for judgment. Right. But also it mentions um, in the law, God's law, um, do this so that it'll purge the evil from among you so that no one will, will, will right. think to, to do this right. again. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So to me, that says that there is a sort of, maybe it wouldn't be, again, it wouldn't be the same thing, exactly the same, but it would be like, everyone would know, by the way, this guy who did this crime, he's dead. He has been murdered. Right. Yeah. Or not murdered. He's been <laughs> dead, rather. <laughs> um, um, by a just state, right? And yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would. I would go back to like they would. They would. It, like there were. There, I'm, I'm fairly certain there were specific mandates for those laws of like bring bring this person before like the people. Like bring this person mm-hmm. before like the city and yeah. and stone them. And so it was like everybody is not only aware of it but like this is a, a, a group event that we this person must be put to death because of their evil and yeah and i, mean, I don't know go ahead and we have it um once again because the the, the kingdom of the devil became the kingdom of god are, are opposites right we have it backwards where we go mm-hmm. you know what we should do we should punish people who didn't commit a crime yep. by maintaining their stay in a public prison yep. or private prison. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we should pay the, that through our taxes. Yeah. Um, so forcibly keep like, like extorting us to keep yeah. criminals alive who according to God's law should be put to death. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That, that, and in our, in our society, we think, Oh, that, that's much better than the way God tells <laughs> us to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So uh, someone brought up in chat. Well, then they wouldn't have much of a chance to repent of their sin. How do we? How do oh, we respond no, I to thought that, about that idea? Too. Right. Oh, I've definitely thought about that too. Jared and I have talked about this extensively. We we would give them a time period to repent, where where we would have a pastor preach the gospel. I I would I would think like a month would be a good time of like before before putting. Oh yeah, that. you, you, maybe, you know what, what, what's lives. a good time period to decide to, to like preach to them for, for repentance. When the trial the is time there. period where they're on trial to yeah. absolutely yeah. possibly prove that it's yeah. that they did exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's what yeah. I think is really and, and important would... to remember here, right? Is we're not saying, Oh, I think that person did it. We're going to drag him before a bunch of people and they're going to, we're going to stone him. Right. There is a incredibly has to be an incredibly airtight case, two to three independent lines yep. of witness mm-hmm. out without a doubt, proving yep. that this person did this thing. And then even then, when you actually look at scripture, I found a couple of really fascinating things. One, um, the mm-hmm. the victim or the victim's family, if this you know the case of murder or whatever, um, can always say, "I want them to not die." Mm-hmm. They can always they can always do that, yep, which is they can always have mercy. So they can always have mercy. That is always an option. And also, um, 
most of the case laws and the, and the like actual like punishments given for these case laws in a lot of cases are the maximum punishment that could be given more more minimum punishments mm -hmm. could be given in certain cases based on mitigating factors and when you actually look at uh, history of Israel and how many times they actually publicly executed someone very very rare right, right? and and so it, it probably wasn't even done that much right but we're talking about what is the standard how and and also just in terms of like having a standard that says a life for a life is a strong deterrent for people mm -hmm. wanting to take a life right yeah. like in most cases obviously there'll be people who won't care about that and we'll just do it anyway um but there will be a lot of people who will be like wow the punishment is so severe for this i don't even want to think about getting to that line because i'm mm -hmm. i forfeit my own life then you know and we have a case uh culture right now where rapists can just get away with it yeah they mm -hmm. there's really no punishment if you rape someone maybe three months in prison mm -hmm. max like i think that's the max and again that... they're they're in prison on our dying exactly yeah and so right. what of course there's going to be a lot of rape of course there's going to be an epidemic of rape in our society because there's no punishment for it. You can just get away with it. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. And the glorification of the Me Too culture yeah. has made it so false witness is actually a good thing. You you benefit from false witness when being false yeah. witness because you can be like, well, I'm a woman, and I've if I claim this, I am I am right because of because of who I am because of intersectionality because that's who I am. I'm a woman and I am right. And so there's all sorts of injustices, right? Like that are happening that would be deterred from if we had this proper standard right because because even okay so even though you know there is in terms of a, like a legal system um there isn't much punishment for rape in, in a lot of cases there is still like a cultural punishment that is given and it's like ah you're canceled like no one ever will look at you again especially if you're in you're in uh the limelight or whatever um but then we can see that abuse too where we see people like you were saying right um have false faultless false witness and say that you know they were raped when they weren't um but then we have again we have in god's law if you uh lie during a trial and say someone did something accuse them of a crime falsely um that they didn't do and it's found out you lied you get the same punishment that mm -hmm. the criminal you know, the person who was accused would have gotten and so again another deterrent towards towards crime that's one of the the uses of the law that was given in um in gentry's book here as he's kind of talking about the different ways that it's it's used in scripture it's a deterrent of evil people it's a deterrent to sin um and so yeah you just you you stack all of these things up and the more that i've studied it um particularly in the area of theft i've done a lot of study i i you know preached a sermon um once about um th you know the thou shall not steal and like all the ramifications of that in god's law and um it's remarkable to me how good god is how loving he is and just in just taking that one example how how he looks after both the victim and the perpetrator is in, in a case of a theft right someone steals something from someone else maliciously right they have to pay t pay back four to five times what they stole um because of you know the the loss of of time and and resource that they you know uh uh stole from that person um but it's not you go to prison and then that person is going to pay for your well-being yeah it's now you have to pay them back for what you did right and if it's just maybe it was 
uh, very minor, okay, you just give them back what you took. If it's more major, you have to pay it back and then four to five times as much to pay them back for the, the trouble that you gave them. And if you can't do that, then you work for them, right? You pay it back to mm -hmm. them. What that does is one, the person actually gets their stuff back. Yeah. <laughs> Two, the person who did the crime, the thief, gets redeemed by the work that they do, right? Do, do we think that at the end of that time period, say this person is working for this other person, has to work back all of the, the stuff that they stole from this person. Do we think at the end of that time period that that person's going to go back into society and immediately steal something again? Probably not for multiple reasons, but say there's a situation, right? That this person is now working for this other person. Um, the, you know, the person they stole from say, if, say if I get stolen from and we're in a just system, and this person had to pay pay back four to five times what they stole from me. They don't have the money. They work for me now. I have such an opportunity to continually preach the gospel to that person for however long they're going to be working for me, you know, as an indentured servant trying to pay back what they owe me. In so many cases, like I saw Marcus Pittman once um, write out a tweet thread um, about like, you know, how God's law is just. And he said, you know, like I, a kid stole my iPhone at one point in a just system. He would have had to work for me to pay that thing back. And in the meantime, I would have taught him skills. I would have taught him how to do video work. I would have, I would have preached the gospel to him. I would have used every opportunity that I had to make to redeem this kid, right? To to show him, yeah, what you did was wrong, but I love you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be a Christian to you. And you, when you come out of this, you're actually gonna be able to be a productive member of society instead mm -hmm. of going right back into prison because you have been taught nothing but this is the way of life, right? You're just going to steal something again. Um, and the way our prison they're, system they're not works taught, is, yeah, go ahead. Well, they're, they're not taught that, that stealing is wrong. They're taught that getting caught is bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's really good. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, of wording it like that. That's really good. Yeah. Um, and, and so, um, yeah, we have the, the system that, Instead of going to you and being like, "Hey, you know what? I was a, I'm a, I was an upstanding citizen that was stolen from, and now I can teach him." Right? Instead, they're going to go to the, to the prison and learn how to be crim how to be criminals for other criminals. Right. <laughs> right. For real. Yeah. Uh, so um, you know, I, I've seen some some video uh, footage of like guys who are, like ex criminal and stuff like that, right? And they they talk about their experience and how like, you know, I never want to go back there, and. Um, I, 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 I live my life very paranoid because I've, you know, it's been ingrained in me for years to like live in a certain way and to like do certain things every day. Um, but ultimately they didn't let you learn how to be better people in a society. Um, and I think, and again, and this is where uh, sort of government would, would, would come in. I think maybe, you and I, Caleb, might disagree a little bit on this mm. um, because I, I'm not really an like an anarchist. Sure. Uh, I'm, I, I like to go oh, think that's so uncool. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I, for a while, I was trying to figure out where if someone would ask me, "Hey, what are you yeah. politically?" Yeah. Right. And I was like, "Well, I'm, I mean, I'm nothing really." And I and I heard a, a, a lecture. <laughs> you're not nothing. You're not nothing, Chris. You're you're something. You're cool. <laughs> you're not <laughs> It's, but, uh, but, yeah, I, I, love that. I, I can see myself. 
I can see myself answering that way to you, though. Yeah. Eh, you wouldn't understand. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Nothing. Don't worry about it. Because <laughs> if I get into it, it's like, okay, I don't want to be, do I want to be the guy who's like, oh, here, here he comes again. Oh, the guy who's going to talk about. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I was that well, guy actually, for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, How much time you got? Yeah, exactly. But I, I heard a, 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 a speech by Douglas Wilson, mm-hmm. and he kind of tongue in cheekly referred to himself as a theocratic libertarian. And I loved that that summation, and that's basically what, mm-hmm. I, what I call myself. Whenever sure. someone says, "What are you?" I'm a theocratic libertarian. Because for a while, I thought I may I may be a libertarian. I was like, "Oh, cool, cool. I, I think I might want to be like part of the Canadian Libertarian Party and stuff, right?" And mm-hmm. and sign up for that. And then I was like, "Wait a second. They think like abortion is just okay, and that like mm-hmm. well, some of them do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of them do. That's true. But um, you know, so like." I need to put in the theocratic part yeah. of, of, of mm-hmm. libertarianism in order yeah. to fully kind of encapsulate this. I, I mean, that's what I do too, right? I, I consider myself an anarcho-theonomist, um, right? So basically it, that just means I look at scripture and I see it more or less working. You know, the, the state is, m- most of the stuff that the government does is privatized, um, right? And so I, I, I see those things as kind of working together instead of um, being a conflict where most of it's done in very local governments, community-based, instead of this large encompassing daddy Set government. up judges of thousands, judges yeah. of hundreds, fifties, and yeah. tens. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that. And, and so this is a very important topic as well, is like sort of the the order of operations. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've been seeing, I've been doing a little bit of studying about that. And Paul seems to have really sort of, uh, it's a foregone conclusion for him that there is an order of operations. So like... Um, First Timothy five, uh, what is it? Eight. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and has become worse than an unbeliever. So we already see here that there is um, uh, a standard which you can say, well, there should be you should be responding to your local body first, and then outward in in spheres, right? Yeah. Which is why, like, I you know. I would say that regarding the stealing thing, right? If someone stole something, you know, there is still a state. And I think and you would agree. Romans 13, mm-hmm. you would be yeah. that there is a state. We, yeah, we should. there's a state. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in that sense, you're not really like an anarchist where like there should be no state at all. Yeah. Basically, I it's like the whole Frederick Bastiat thing, right? Like you can have the law without um, a coercive government like that steals from you is the idea. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, law is not law does not have to be um, dependent upon violence. I guess is the idea, right? Okay. Like in terms of like you, we're forcing you to give us money to run the government. Is the idea? Right. So right. And, and I would also would you, go ahead. I would I would also say that when you introduce yourself as an anarcho theonomist, that you should specify that you don't want to burn everything down and you do yeah. obey Romans thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, I followed Caleb for a while, and then Caleb mentioned that he was an anarcho-theonomist. And I was like, isn't anarchy like when you just like, you just want to burn it all just down? Just burn things, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. what people that's think what it is. That's what teaches you. Yeah, that's, that's what the totalitarian what, what, say anarchy is. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's what civilization 4 teaches you. But that's fair, yeah. You go into anarchy, everything just sets on fire for a while. That's true, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a feeling like, like you... That you meant something that I didn't interpret, yeah. right? Yeah. 
which is all, again another Christian principle, right? Is to be generous with interpretations. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, assume uh, the best of believes all things, yeah. hopes all things. Right, exactly. So knowing, I was like, knowing Caleb, he probably doesn't mean what I think he means. Yeah, I did <laughs> not get rid of everything. Just like live in a Mad Max society, where uh, you know. Though those vehicles That's are right. pretty cool, I would love to be playing an electric guitar <laughs> as flames shoots out of the car that I'm standing on. That'd be pretty cool. Well, I mean, if you ever if you ever play uh, Descent into Avernus, there's lots of that happens. In, yeah, in there. yeah, nice. <laughs> um, I think I, I think I, I stopped in on a stream of yours and and saw something like that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a DD player in terms myself. Of, so. Anyway, in, in terms of in terms of chat, are, are there people on chat still responding to that? Because I, I kind of wanted to go back to that um, answer we gave a long time ago. I've been waiting for a, a time what, to interrupt. What answer? Bit, what? Um, to which question? Well, just just the question of just the question of capital punishment of what they give them the chance to doesn't give them the time to you know repent. Right. Did we answer? I, I mean, I feel did, like we did, did with respond again. Or? They they did and said, um, you know, uh, and if they repent, you still stone after. But I think we that was the question. The next question they had. But and I you think mentioned we like um, that, granting mercy and yeah. And there's stuff like that. lots of opportunities right. to give someone mercy, but we have to say at the end right. of the day, if this even if there there could be a situation where someone repents, yes. but justice still demands that we stone mm-hmm. them. I, I there agree. Are that, situations I was, I was, where that would be the, the case. Yeah, right, right, right. And, I, and I think that oftentimes I had, I had this happen um, like a couple months back with a coworker of mine who's like, you know, was stolen from. And, you know, he was like, you know what, I'm just going to let it go. I don't want it, it wasn't that much money. And, you know, I could pursue it. And I'm just going to let it go. I just, I just wanted to remind him, like, that's fine that you want to show mercy to him. That's great. But just so you're, you're aware, it, if you decide you want to pursue justice and actually get your money back, that wouldn't be a, like a wrong thing. It wouldn't, it wouldn't yep. be unchristian yep. for you to do that. I think that a lot of people think that it is unchristian to actually want your stuff back when it's stolen from you and to, you know, they kind of cite like the, when Jesus said, said, you know, if someone forces you to go one mile with them, go with them too. If they, right. if they want you to take your cloak, give them your cloak as well kind of thing. They kind of take that, that, that what Jesus said there and they apply it and be like, well, I should probably just be wronged and because Paul said to be wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of a story um, that uh, I, I see your face, Connor. You, you know exactly. Yeah, I, I was thinking of the same thing too. Yeah. We, we've told, I, I think I've told this story like five times. Do you want, do you want to tell yeah, Connor? Yeah, Go ahead. Um, yeah, for sure. You can't steal that story. <laughs> no, I mean, um, just going off of the last thing you said though, too, like um, I, I also had a, had a coworker that um, was like, like badly like wounded but he never like pursued criminal criminal charges or like or like didn't want to like sue him or something like that um and and he said he said that same thing like well you know i don't want to you know like mess up the guy's life like you know like i'm trying to be a good christian by like suffering you know silently you know what i mean like he didn't say it like that but like, i don't want to you know try to get justice for myself and it's like that's not the point um First of all, justice is a good thing. Um, like Micah six eight, uh, seek mercy, love justice, walk humbly with your God. Um, or, yeah, seek justice, love mercy. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. The casting crown song is went through my head, and that's how I remember it. No, but um, like that, seeking justice is is not contrary to love, and it's not contrary to scripture. 
You know what I mean? So I think I think most Christians have done a great disservice not only to themselves but to the perpetrators of crimes by thinking yeah. the most loving thing to do is to not pursue justice. Yeah, because um, justice is not only good for the victim but it's also good for the perpetrator. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and and like going off of that, the the because um, the law convicts of sin. The story I've heard. Yeah. Of, what? Yeah. Because the law convicts of sin. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go ahead and tell the story. But the the coolest story I've ever heard of, like um, the like the idea of seeking justice and loving mercy, was from uh, uh, Pastor Jerry, um, who is the pastor of Faith Community Church Evansville, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here in Wisconsin, as of right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, he told the story about his dad and his brother. I think I, I could totally I'll totally have that off of like who the people. Are. I th- I think it was his his brother and his son and his brother's son. His right. brother's son, okay. Like so, his his nephew. So, yeah. so so the the son was like this camp or whatever, and, and uh, uh, he was like he was he was an adolescent, he was like older teenager, um, but like he he uh, like got jumped by like a um, some other guys around his age, and he was beaten to like a bloody pulp, like literally almost died, and um, the the dad like didn't know what to do, and and um, like he was like, okay, my son is almost dead. But like like he, he 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 survived and he was alive but like he was like my son literally almost died because of these, these guys it's like what's the godly thing to do and so he like met with his church met with his family like what should we do should we like try, try to press charges try to get these people convicted what do we do um but with it, what he ended up doing is pressing the charges against these two or three like um young men and um he got them like they, they got convicted of the crime of like and, assault yeah um, like of assault and then like he, he like he so he got them convicted and then he went up and paid their fine and then was able to like preach the gospel to them and be like like you got justice but i'm paying it for you so i'm the one that in pressing charges i'm pressing charges against you because what you did was wrong you you you're convicted of the crime but now i'm paying the fine for you and it's just like a picture of the gospel and and the thing is is like he can do that I think that's kind of what we want to get at with the whole theonomy thing is he can do that. He's not required to. Yeah. He doesn't have to. It, it, it would still be justice if he let them get the punishment and not try to step in. But but he wanted to he show them then, mercy as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But he, he, he doesn't have to. I, I think yeah. I think that's important for Christians mm-hmm. to understand is you don't have to fall over and die because mm-hmm. in in uh, the Roman times, there was a law that said the, the Roman soldiers could make you carry their armor a mile and oh, well, to, to be countercultural, carry it too. like show them that you're different. It, that doesn't that shouldn't transfer over to every aspect of your life and say, OK, we just mm-hmm. totally throw justice out the window and everybody can just roll over on Christians and right. you're not supposed to seek justice. I yeah, the wrong. government's telling us we should cancel churches. So I guess we'll just never meet. Unless the government tells us we can, right? Like, I guess, yes, we'll just completely follow every single thing. How do you live without the government? Yeah. And and you know what, Caleb? If the government says um, anything is for your own good, you should just 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 obey them because they're almost 13. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's constitutional. (laughs) Right. That's right. The Declaration of Independence right there. This is a super good point, Uh, Connor. You reminded me. Yep. Today, this uh, this morning, I listened to Toby Sumpner on one of his cross politic episodes sure. and he made up a really good point i was like even if you are of the belief that romans 13 
means just submit to the government because that's the, the, the godly, more um, yeah. sort of pious thing to do. Um, America is a constitutional republic. Yep. So that means that you submit to the constitution. Oh, okay, fine. Right. Now what if another gover- governing body says, well, no, 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 we're going to override the first amendment and just and say, no, you can't meet for church. Now who do you submit to? So like the actual in- government or the people misinterpreting the government. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. So like even in that instance of the people who are like, Hey, just Romans 13, even then, well, then we should also meet meeting for church because because first amendment. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. At this point though, I think we talk, talk about, um, after all of the talk about the law and how like we really want God's laws to be enacted in our, it, we, we wouldn't even have to worry about the Rona if <laughs> we had had God, golly laws from for yep. years now, mm-hmm. you know, because we would have had ways, we would have had a free, free market who would have had plenty of supply yep. for, you know, medical equipment. There were about a whole bunch of medical companies that would have been able to figure out like the cure to this thing, like right away because they would have, well, they wouldn't have to yeah. go through so many regulations. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, we wouldn't have put all our manufacturing in a, a, an evil communist country. And, and someone would say like, well, the reason why we, we, we moved everything, all the manufacturing into China is because it's so cheap there. Why is it expensive here? It's because <laughs> of regulations, because of red tape. Yep. Mm. Right. That's a practical, um, example of of god's law being enacted in society like if we had a law that said hey like don't cheat your neighbor don't make drafts and in our context it would be like don't don't make don't inflate the currency by printing more and more fake money um um don't steal from people which would mean don't um tax them a great deal um there because arguments be made for some taxation i think but um, overall, like we obviously, I think all of us are taxed way up more than we should be, which is stealing. And so like, we can look at all of these things and, be, and apply them practically and be like, we wouldn't have to, we would be so prosperous with this, right? And so we can see practically that God's law is not just good because God says so, which is, which in itself is true. Yeah. It's good because God says it's good. But yeah. because we are made in his image, we benefit from obeying his law. That's what, mm-hmm. that's, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but all, all that said, are we saying that, you know, what we want, we want top down Christianity. We want the government to become Christian and then everyone else has to just deal right. with it. So we need to make sure that we're praying like, for Trump so that he will repent and believe <laughs> the gospel. Once he does, there we go. Then, Everything's fixed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just like, so just like, like, because Trump is against abortion, abortion is ended in America. <laughs> uh, oh wait. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. I mean, he 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 paused. He he, he put a, a, a standstill on Congress because he wanted his wall, but not because he wanted to stop babies from dying. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and this is coming from a person who, you know, I you know. I do believe because God's law says that, you know, there should be relatively free, like free immigration and stuff. Mm-hmm. I also think that there, that God does determine borders and that borders are important. And that, um, when the example we see in the scripture is that when people decide, Hey, you know, it's really helpful if we all just get together and we band together as a one, as a global effort 
to build the tower to God, God says, no, 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 no. I'm <laughs> separating you because I want you separated. Right. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, there is, I think there is something to be said for that. Maybe, okay. I mean, I'm going to bend a little bit on that, but you know, I'm still learning as I go. I feel like that's a whole other conversation, but <laughs> maybe so. Yeah. yeah. But the well, point be, is, because is that, you... go ahead. Oh, I mean, I was just going to say something stupid. I was, I was going to say, <laughs> because you agree with one thing that Trump has, has said, even kind of, I mean, we have to pick it up a lot. Yeah, well, that's the thing, too. <laughs> the, the Trump derangement syndrome is just, like, it's so, like, I'm not a Republican. I, I, it's, 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 the, it's, that, it's that pendulum shift again, where when I defend, defend Trump, my, my liberal family, so my liberal family members are like, how dare you? Like, like Trump is the worst thing. I'm like, I'm not even, I just said the man did a good thing. You can say that. Right? It's not, and Hitler uh, made good paintings. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, he painted nice paintings. Um, Actually, you, anyway. to, before we get off that, that topic though, uh, Chris, when we release uh, the new podcast Who's that Chris? I've been, <laughs> Mafuki. shush um when we're about to release a new podcast um with her friend angel rodriguez me and angel um running it um and uh it's called disagree disagree with me and it's basically angel disagrees with a bunch of people about various topics and they try to disagree congenially um and the second episode um is that we've recorded so far uh second episode is about immigration so listen to that when it when it comes out and I agree with Angel Who on what you he said. So, uh, right, he had a coworker of his that um, that came on, Jay Corn. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, he, Super cool. He's That's a Christian. Funny. He goes. He's around here. But they they just um, Jay Corn was basically like, you know, I, I agree with Trump's immigration policies, and Angel's like, I don't, and here's why. And and so they had that conversation. It was really good. Yeah, I think I'd be somewhere in the middle. Like I think that that we do have too strict strict immigration, but I also think that. A borderless society may not be in where you want to go necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe the expressions of God in, in individual cultures can still, like, they can still be, like, even in a long term way, like, in through the post millennial viewpoint, mm-hmm. you know, nations can still be become Christian and still maintain sort of like their cultural right yeah they're not supposed to assimilate into the one christian kingdom necessarily right yeah right like you're saying yeah yeah so um mm-hmm. yeah definitely you know but oh um i i, I do you guys see that this one post about like um i think um one of the libertarian guys are posting it where it's like mm-hmm. um the tsa is now allowing like 12 oh, uh, ounces yeah. of hand sanitizer on the planes now yeah. oh and yeah it was like yeah. So I guess that was just something that you just, it's not a big deal now. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I mean, literally the, the TSA is completely pointless. They do nothing to actually guarantee anyone's safety. So, uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we experienced that, that here in Canada. Um, so like there's, um, you know, we, there used to be a wartime tax, the GST and the PST. And um, it's like a 15% tax on, almost pretty much everything like on, on products on services or right mm-hmm. and it used to be a tax to like it was a temporary tax where they would recoup losses from the war in world war one right and then they would t- they would take it off we still have it <laughs> like 
because how do you I, don't, I guess how do you determine how you recoup losses from the war I mean like uh, we're spending money or you know so <laughs> I think that's one of the things we also need to be careful of as Christians is being like okay we're supposed to be the kind of like the conscience of the state and being like telling them like obey God's law and instead we're kind of just letting them have free reign yeah and and it's not going to end well for, for, for us. Yeah, I think that, that's one of the main things that I try to talk about in terms of this thing. Because people will basically tell me, right, if I ever am like, no, this is the way that it should be in government, right? Like, we need to have these standards for, for these laws. We need, need to get rid of this bad law, whatever it is, whatever I'm talking about. They'll, they'll, they'll say something like, well, what, are you just going to like you're not in government like you just use your just vote right like that's the only way you can have an an, inf, an influence or whatever i'm like did do you read the bible like what are we called to do as the church right we're called to be a prophetic among other things we're called to be a prophetic witness to the people around us of what does god say what does god's law say what is right we're we're prophets that's that's one of our job descriptions um and that not to be confused with prophets like you know capital Old Testament prophets that have yeah yeah and and, and yeah. that's because yeah. we get I, the term prophecy yeah. prophecy right mixed up and prophecy in right. the biblical <laughs> sense just means speaking the words of god after him um yeah. right yeah. And, every single time i say the word prophecy at youth group <laughs> i would i would just be like no, okay no, what no, does it's, prophecy it's, mean uh, what'd you say uh well no, i was saying the caleb um yeah it's definitely yeah it's definitely not um oh what's his name um, Mr. Like coronavirus, oh, I call you out. Uh, on Kenneth Lord, Copeland, you are done. Yeah. Kenneth Copeland, yeah. Kenneth Copeland, that was it. I was like, <laughs> I blow yeah. you away. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that. I I don't. I just. It's just. It's such a. I don't know. It's like the, the, the Divine Comedy kind of thing where it's like <laughs> this. Of course, of course, this is the one. This is the guy that everyone. And society sees as like, oh, this, this guy's a Christian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. never, never like the, the Orthodox guys. Yep. It's always, the, it's always the the Kenneth Copelands or the um, Joel Olsteins, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So is it that jobs? Yep. Um, but right, yeah. That's that's one of our jobs as as Christians is to be a prophetic witness to tell our government this is what you're supposed to be doing, and and that doesn't mean that we then if they don't, you know. All right, well, let's gather our guns and let's oh, just energy. kill them, right? Yeah. Like, of course not. But but we have to be willing to stand and die for mm-hmm. God's word, right? And if that means we we stand up for something that is very controversial and then society progresses enough where, oh, yeah, that's a hate crime now and we're going to put you in prison. Yeah. Okay, that's Bird the way progresses. it is. But we still have to say it. Mm-hmm. We can't, can't abdicate that role. We can't hide. We can't say not say it because it's uncomfortable we have to be speaking loudly about these issues because god says that the his word will not return void right mm-hmm. our job is to be faithful our job is to preach uh, not only you know the gospel but also the law as the standard and preach the law and gospel and let yeah. god do his work and whatever he wants to happen happens at that point right but we have to be willing to to advocate for the law of God in, in everything that we do. Yeah. And, and it's kind of weird. It's kind of like, um, people, I've been, again, following all this stuff on Twitter. I'm on Twitter all the time now, but, um, <laughs> it's kind of like, 
the people who disagree with us um, would be kind of be like, you, they would hear you say, say that, Caleb, and they'd say, why do you hate the government so much? And like, yeah. we don't. We, because we love the, the government that God would appoint for us, we want them to obey God. Yep. Like, so in that sense, we, we do love government. We do love the state, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying to be loving towards them. And right? the most loving right. thing we can do for them right now is just tell them that they're evil. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think yeah. right. Right. Yeah, and, and, um, and uh, you know, another thing that I'm reminded of is my pastor, speaking to him today, uh, as I said, um, he expressed to me, like, um, we're not meeting for church um, and we're not doing the sacraments. And, you know, I'm about to go through Romans because he preaches, he kind of switches between preaching exegetically and preaching like by topic. Topically, yeah. So um, he said, said to me, like, I'm about to go through the book of Romans and I'm only going to be doing it online. And I know what I'm going to, I'm going to say in Romans here in Ontario, Canada could get me in big trouble. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, very true. But, Especially just Romans one starting right out of the gate. Like, yeah, you're going to get one. Romans one. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, but I, I, I can't not say it, not say what it says. Yeah. Um, and man, like that's, that's respect to that, to that man. Mm -hmm. But we need pastors like that who are willing to say like, I can't not just, I can't just avoid speaking God's word. Yeah. And we as a congregation need to sneak to get behind him and be like, we're with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, yep. we'll, we'll be behind you. Yeah. Um, otherwise, this stuff will continue. Like the, like those drones that people, that, 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 that like people are like Yeesh. return to your homes. Yeesh. We're all in this together. Save lives. Stay home. Like it, it's so big brother. It's, it's, it's so crazy. Yeah. Orson Welles is spinning in his grave. Yeah, seriously. He's like, guys, I warned you. I wrote those books for a reason. Like, and you just fell for it all hook, line and sinker. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, it, I think th this opportunity we have right now in, in our society, in our culture, is it's like a Nineveh moment, you know, where God can grant us repentance and the nation can soften their hearts and we can turn. And the church can have a lot, lot to learn. The amount of conversations I've been having that no Christian was, was really that interested in talking about before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is really something. And I think the confusion on Twitter, the Christian Christian Twitter specifically, um, even Reform Twitter, um, shows just how little we actually have the conversation about. Okay, we say we love God's law. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Yep. Um, but yeah, with all that said, I think that I want everyone to kind of take away two things, um, even though we, we kind of went through a lot of the law about how good it is. Mm -hmm. One is that. We preach repentance. We we, pre we we prophesy, as you said, Caleb, the, God's word, and re to repent and put your, your trust in Jesus for salvation, and that's how things change. Right? Yep. It's, it's sort of a grassroots movement yep. of Christianity. Yeah. To answer your your almost rhetorical question, right from, from earlier. Yeah. 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 And the other thing I want to mention, and I, I maybe I don't don't do this as much as I should, um, when I'm kind of like constantly responding to things on Twitter and being like. This is so so dumb. Like, what, what? Don't you guys see how evil this is and yeah. all this? Is 
I was reminded I, I went into Acts chapter five and Paul was speaking harshly to the high priest and he was told like, Hey, this is, this is the high priest. And Paul's like, Oh, I didn't realize he was the high priest. I'm sorry. And he continues and, and speaks, speaks respectfully to the high priest because he respond he uh, refers to Deuteronomy uh, 13, I think, where it says, do not speak evil over, of, of your, of a ruler over your people. Mm-hmm. And another place in, in the new Testament, the epistles where he talks about, um, praying for those in authority over you. And it's mm-hmm. like, as much as I, if you even know a little bit about what, what like what things that Trudeau does in Canada, mm. it's, 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 yeah. he's the opposite of anything that a Christian should, should want for their, <laughs> for their society. Um, you know, he funds abortions internationally, he takes our money and funds abortions internationally. He sent all of our surplus back, back in February he sent all of our surplus medical supplies to China. And so now we don't have enough supplies for ourselves. We. So because he wants to be show that he's like a, he's like a all like a globalist kind of person, yeah. right? He's like, he wants hey, to, I, yeah. I love everybody. Yep. Um, and in spite of all that, we still have to pray for his good that he he he, he gets mm-hmm. repents, he gets saved. And, and this is something that Christians don't want me to say. When I, I'm, I'm usually asked to, to pray if, if for a couple of times and then not never again. Because I always say, <laughs> God, you know, I say something like, God, oh, I, I pray, like, Lord, Lord, like, pull out the heart of stone, put in the heart of flesh of our leaders. And if they're obstinate and they refuse, cut them down. You know, mm-hmm. uh, break the teeth of the wicked, as, yeah. as, as David said. Yep. Amen. Um, so... And I think yeah, that's that's start that like that more often. Way to pray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, Connor. A lot, of, a lot, a lot less people would ask me to, to, to pray for dinner and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> I don't know why you'd be praying <laughs> at a dinner, but. <laughs> and, and, and Lord, if, if these kids, if these kids do not, do, if these kids are not thankful for their mother's cooking, I pray you break, <laughs> break the teeth of the wicked on these sorry, ribs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, that's good. This food yeah, is poisoned. So. Avenge me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, avenge me. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of like the all-encompassing point. And, oh, and one more point I wanted to bring up. I'm not sure how much time we have left. Yeah, we should probably start wrapping it. But go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, just I just want to last point is just to say like um, reconstructionism and theonomy is not like a new idea, even though yeah. the word reconstructionism is a new modern word for the concept the reformers believed that the puritans uh john calvin and and martin luther talked about this kind of idea um the puritan work work ethic um Mm -hmm. and again if you haven't read mission of god by by joe boot that's on my list goes into that in great detail and it's it's amazing um how much theonomy impacted uh, um the reformers' thoughts, the Puritan thoughts, mm-hmm. and the foundation of the America. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about Connor, Carly? You have any uh, parting thoughts on on the topic as we kind of wrap up? I know very least out of any of us about this. So. <laughs> yeah, you haven't said um, much. I want to hear your things. <laughs> yeah, do you have any thoughts? I mean, I pretty much agree with everything that was said. Like, I don't have any new information to add because <laughs> right. I just, yeah. 
sir. Um, for, for me, closing, I just like the uh, a couple a couple of resources. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Apologia Studios mm-hmm. and Dr. James White. Uh, is it does Kenneth Gentry have a doctorate, or is he a pastor? Or, mm-hmm. I don't know if I should say Dr. Kenneth Gentry. Yeah, or uh, Kenneth he has Gentry a. Or, I don't know what 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 does he have in. He has a THD, <laughs> I think. Since you don't know off the top of your head, that's fine. I'll, he is. Yeah. Uh, no, I want to know this now. Give me a second. <laughs> okay. He has a BA in biblical studies. He has gotcha. a um, master of, of theology and okay, yeah. a doctor of theology. Yeah, so he is a doctor. Okay, so so it's so Dr. Kenneth Gentry. Um, From Whitfield Theological but, Seminary. Gotcha. Um, so, so just just one thing that I think would just be like a uh, a good preface point for theonomy, not necessarily to go into God's law as they appeal to the civil government, as much as just loving God's law supremely and uh, having Old Testament law actually have its effect in our Christian lives. I would suggest the um, debate between Andy Stanley and Jeff Durbin. Yeah. On hmm. uh, yeah. unbelievable, the yeah, review. Yeah. Sure that that's good. Yeah, I I would say go listen to that as just kind of the the point to like like start the conversation into theonomy and and just listen to those two opposing 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 really Connor? <laughs> really Connor's tongue no um opposing viewpoints of um like even just the necessity of appealing to God's law and evangelism. Uh, which is a big a big point of that discussion. So that's yeah. what I would point to. Yeah. Cool. Definitely Marcus Pittman's show Law and Profits mm, mm-hmm. talks a lot about okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. the economy and how that particular plays out. applications in the economy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then, my my recommendations sorry, Connor, are you gonna say something? No 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 I was gonna say something stupid again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I catch you when you were gonna say something stupid. Maybe you have okay. to kind of tell. Um, <laughs> you can't catch you. I got a little, little twinkle in my eye, a little smirk, you know? <laughs> um, my recommendations uh, for me, as, as you both said, Marcus Pittman, Cross Politic, mm-hmm. and the, yeah. the NFLF Network. Yeah. Um, yeah. Edie Robles, I love his yeah. work. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Help me to, to understand some pretty tough subjects and makes me think about stuff that I haven't thought of before. Um, yep. In addition to, in terms of books, uh, I recommend Productive Christians in an Age of Guilt Manipulators, which you can get for free on the internet. Uh, it's just a PDF that you can just read in your browser. Um, I have it on my phone that I, I read it. And then I have um, Mission of God by Joseph, by Joseph Boot. And I have the um, Institutes of the Christian uh, Institutes of Biblical Law by R.J. Rushtuni. And um, the, all those resources, those three, those three books – Plus, apology and all the way you guys have mentioned is has is so was so helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Specific recommendations for me, obviously, just the book I've been reading right now, God's Law Made Easy. If if you don't understand any of this, or you just disagree, and you're like, I don't know, I haven't done a study on this, but it sounds wrong. Read this. <laughs> read God's Law Made Easy. He Kenneth Gentry is so thorough. I love mm-hmm. bless that man. He's so <laughs> thorough with his scripture references, with the way he systematically breaks down arguments 
so helpful. Um, I'm only 50 pages in, and it's been so helpful just to systematically break it down in my own mind um, how we think of the law, um, the arguments for a continuity of the Mosaic Covenant, of the the law in the, in, in, uh, the Mosaic Covenant, um, and how it's equitable and, and useful for us today, how it hasn't been abolished, but, but rather fulfilled. Um, I recommend that. Also, the book that I am, I have that I haven't read yet, but I bought for this and then never got around to reading it in time because I've just been so busy, um, is Covenantal Theonomy um, by Kenneth Gentry. Um, I, it looks really good. Um, and it's a, specifically, it's a response to um, some Reformed people who you know, espouse covenantal theology but disagree with theonomy. Um, and he, he's, this is kind of a response to those people and saying, if you're reformed and you're, you, you love covenant theology, here's how theonomy actually totally makes sense in that framework and isn't opposed to it. Um, so is, is Kenneth Gentry a Baptist or is he a No, he's Presby. Yeah. His one fault. His one fault. <laughs> ah, I see fellow, fellow, uh, people here who also learn a whole lot from Presbyterians and also like, but not Presbyterian. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was, I was, that was the stupid question I was going to ask. Was like, well, I just have one last question for you. Mabuki. Are you Presbyterian? Mm. Do you baptize babies? That was the stupid thing I was going to say earlier. Yeah. Like it's, I don't know. I, I, I know that Presbyterians would, would look at me and maybe us and be like, guys, you're right there. It's one more thing. Like, uh-huh. it's just, yep. just that one thing. Yep. Um, but no, I, I think that I'm a credo Baptist myself. Yep. Um, yep. But I also, if you're talking about, um, we're not the only ones, I'm not the only one who buys books and then tries to read them eventually. <laughs> so I yep. have, it was actually Carly's idea that gave me this idea. I'm one of the episodes of the Christian artists. I have, as soon as she, she mentioned it, I was like, oh, I need to read that. I have, um, by Kenneth Gentry, I have, Tongue speaking. Uh, yes. Oh, it's so, so good. good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I read it. I, and because it's only forty like that I'm like, I'm not. I mean, I, I was never really that that much of a, a charismatic to begin with. But mm-hmm. you know, this. But even though it's so short, I still have not read it yet. So that's the thing. It's like it's super yeah. short. Yeah, dude. It's it's yes. one of my favorite books by him it's, because it's, it's super so. Helpful helpful and yeah. mind-blowing because there's mm-hmm. so many scriptures that people just completely disregard when they talk about the gift of tongues but it's right there and it's like if you just understand the context of these passages it's like mm-hmm. it's obvious so cool. yeah yeah anyway good book but yeah so yeah that, I, that I have the problem everybody yeah yeah what 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 i usually do is well what i've done this year is i've said okay i need to just finish reading all of the books on my bookshelf and i can't buy any mm-hmm. more books until i do that I've totally broken that already just because because <laughs> I keep convincing myself. Like, I'm like, oh, I need to buy these books for the podcast. I need to make sure that I, and then I have like seven so more books I got, that I bought already. I got books. I have a bookshelf in the other room, but I have books that like I reference and then I'll just like put it on my, on my desk and I'll be like, well, I might reference that again at some point soon. <laughs> and then like, I've got the Potter's Freedom here. It's been sitting here for like, mm-hmm six months still need to read that and yeah me too read through a good part of it but i like i'm like you know i might need that sometime soon because you know (laughs) i'm i work in an environment with a lot of armenians Mm -hmm. and stuff but yeah yeah carly carly loaned me two books like two years ago (laughs) like we weren't dating like we're just like she loaned me two james white books that she had finished reading i still they're still just here on my bookshelf just 
I haven't touched them. I, I gave one of them to one of the. Oh yeah, Morgan. Morgan still has one of them. <laughs> yeah. I need to get that. Is she still? Yeah, she still has it. Yeah. Yeah. So when, whenever there's that that meme that goes around Twitter once in a while, where it's like, "Grab the closest book book next to you and turn to page forty-seven and then put the thing in," I'm like, "Good, I'm good, easy." <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, cool. Well, that has been our discussion on theonomy. That was really fun. Um, that was great. Yeah, it was it was a fun discussion. Good stuff. Glad to have to finally have you on the show. And yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really excited for the rest of the lineup we have the next few months. We have some really awesome. cool so people talking about some really cool mm-hmm. stuff. Next week, we're gonna be talking with Thomas Carpenter about christian summer camps <laughs> there's there's oh, a really? whole world there that we can talk about mm-hmm. yeah so, so you, you got a lot of like like twitter people lined yep. up eh? yep mm-hmm. pretty much nice. exclusively just people from twitter who like dm'd me or ta- uh messaged on that thread that i posted and and mm-hmm. i've just been like yeah i'll do it and uh, we found a time that it works for them and pu- put them oh, into yeah, the schedule that sounds, that sounds really good what'd you say Chris? how people responded a lot let me really yeah let me look up the let's see my episode schedule here we have them lined up at least all the way through april uh all the way to june yeah oh yeah 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 uh so we have including you including you we have one two three four five six seven eight nine we have nine people who are for sure in the calendar talking about various things i'm really excited to meet thomas carpenter yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll mm-hmm. be the first time I've. Well, actually, no. That that that's false. I'm actually going to be video chatting with Thomas Carpenter on Wednesday, yeah. but <laughs> about a different thing that I can't talk about on yeah. the officially on the internet yet. I'll tell you about it, Chris, oh, yeah. once we're once we're not live anymore. But <laughs> okay. Um, and, it's and just just to specify, not that I wasn't excited to meet you. Oh right, of course. Sorry to clarify that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No other streams this week, I believe, because um, Carly's in town and we're hanging out, we're doing stuff. Um, but every waking moment is with Carly. So exactly. I mean, that. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, next week, I believe. I mean, next week we have obviously uh, the conversation with Thomas Carpenter, but we should have a normal week of of streaming. Should have normal. Th- my KOTOR stream on Monday and the Thursday, Friday RPG streams like usual. Excited for all that. Playing, um, Path of Exile. He's, uh, he's been playing pillars of eternity. Pillars of eternity, right. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, he has, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he hasn't been right now because yeah. he's been quarantined no. in someone else's <laughs> house. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a long story, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, myself, I had the flu like last month and mm. Everything was like I had to be quarantined for a whole month. I was actually worried that I wouldn't be able to do this tonight because mm. only a couple of days ago I was actually stopped being in quarantine because I wow the flu crazy yeah I was with the doctor and the doctor was like hey um, we're not gonna test you or anything because we don't have enough tests in Canada <laughs> but we're just gonna assume that you have COVID if you have any <laughs> flu or like symptoms we're just gonna assume you have COVID so just stay quarantined <laughs> for seven days after symptoms stop oh, God. So I was just stuck. For like a month. Um, so Dang. like we, seeing people's Oof. faces and stuff is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, but this is also why I haven't been streaming. Like, I, yeah. I, just, I, I just, you know, I just got um, to the, on the stream team with um, the, like the Unashamed Network. Yeah, you I did. Saw that. Yeah. And I was like, that's all. Awesome. Thank you guys for letting me into the network. And I got sick for like a month. 
Yep. And I, I lost all my, my, my momentum, you know? Yeah. So what are you going to do, right? It's just the way that it is. Yep. Yep. But I'm going to be streaming uh, tomorrow and Friday again. Sweet. So. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and your your Twitch channel is Mifuki, right? Mifuki. M-E-F-U-K-I. Yep. It's on the overlay there. Please, yeah, check him out. He has awesome streams. I, I pop in every once in a while and say hi, but, um, you know, busy as heck. So Yeah, yeah. Even though I don't, I don't pop in very often, I, I, I usually am there uh, for most of your guys' streams as well. So Yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's cool stuff, man. Uh, okay, cool. Well, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Christian Artist Show. Uh, Twitter at Christ underscore art underscore show and at our website at ChristianArtistShow.com. We got new graphics and the social medias are now full of them. You can check them out. Uh, same stuff as you can check out our uh, gifts on, on Twitter. Oh yeah. Yeah. Our, yeah. Uh, if you've theology been f- gifts following, yeah. following the Christian stuff. artist. Yeah. If you've been following the have Christian you, artist on uh, the, Twitter. Have you been liking the psych ones? I have like 13 more <laughs> that I made that is in the drafts yeah. right now. I'm liking them. Uh, I, I made it all of like 15 of them in the span of like an hour, hour minutes, maybe. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, at like midnight and into beyond. Um, I was trying to find prison break gifts, but it was just too hard. I think I made yeah. two. I think I made yeah. two. And I was like, nah, I can't. Every single time I see Teabag's face, I almost throw up. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I think that's one of the best yeah. things we've ever done with the Christian artist is had you post those those gifts. Because um, yeah, those yeah. are fun. Oh, those cool. Fun. That's good. It's been fun. Yeah, well, and, and, and I'll just finish by, finish by saying, like, mm-hmm. uh, thank you for for having me. Yeah, um, it's been so awesome, all you guys, yeah. and um, it's so cool to be like, I've never met in person, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like we're so kindred, you know, about mm-hmm. your spirits yep. kind of thing. Yeah, and so um, we're worlds apart, but we're we're you know together in spirit and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, thanks, guys. I I would like to say one last thing. I love the way you say a boot. <laughs> about... I was gonna say that too. <laughs> it's just, that everyone it's makes so, fun of me about that. So, I don't no, say I was not gonna it's say it. It's, it's kind of halfway in between a boot and about. There's, there's it? a, it's just it. like a drawn out about. About about. I, I don't know. About. But it's great. Let's, let's stop mocking. Cool. No, no, no. I'm not mocking you. I said I liked it. I said I liked it. That's fine. Yeah, I thought it's cool. Anyway, we've overstayed our welcome. This has been the Christian Artist. Have a great week. Bye.